Welcome to Relationship Psych, the podcast, helping you understand how love turns to anger and even hate. Through the episodes, you will learn how to transform doomed relationships into exciting, intimate, and long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Amber Dawson. I'm a psychologist, author, and speaker. A few of my favorite things are my husband, Grapes, and my adorable little dog, Riggs. Now let's learn how to create a soul-crushing love that lasts. Hit subscribe in your podcast app so that simply by listening, you can learn to create a strong relationship. Relationships like the podcast is not meant to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any mental health or relational issue. For treatment, talk to a mental health or relationship professional in your area. Why your partner tunes out of difficult conversations and three ways to keep them engaged. One of the most common problems my clients tell me about is their frustrations when their partner emotionally checks out of a difficult conversation or physically leaves. I've seen some couples who can quickly remedy this problem, fixing it in just a few sessions, whereas other couples see me with the same problem for years. If you want to be one of those couples where the problem is quickly solved, this episode is for you. In episode nine, my partner pulls away under stress, help. We talk about how it's typically the male partner who pulls away. Now, when it comes to conflicts and hard topics, this too is generally the case. Now, certainly some women do this too. And in same-sex couples, there's someone who would prefer to disengage while someone who wants to pursue. Certainly, it changes based on the topic and the situation, but generally, that's one of the things we see. So let's use a couple to illustrate the scene. Let's see what might be happening that makes Chris want to tune out and what possibly Erica to do to keep him engaged. So Chris and Erica had been working since home since the start of COVID. That's March 2020. Prior to COVID, they were lucky enough they could afford daycare and a house cleaner. With the initial lockdowns, their help disappeared overnight. Not only did Erica and Chris have to meet the demands of their high-pressure jobs from home, tolerate the uncertainty about their work, questions about stability of their income, and then they had to balance educating their children, keeping the kids entertained, and the added strain of more housework. Chris had always been a laid-back guy. He had an easy-breezy attitude, and that was what initially attracted Erica to him. She grew up in a strict home with high expectations placed upon her. When she met Chris, it was like, finally, she could take a deep breath, and his presence brought a sense of ease over her body. They had a dreamy courtship full of spontaneity, fun, and just a lot of love before deciding to move in together. Now, when they moved in together, this changed everything. Their once fun, lighthearted relationship became one of yelling, tears, and storming out of the door as they dealt with day-to-day issues like taking out the garbage, cooking, and spending time together. Initially, Chris liked that Erica had a lot of structure in her life. He felt like it was what he was missing. He appreciated her planning nature and was stoked about the extra activities they got to do because she planned them. He admired her ambition and climbing the corporate ladder. When he missed the occasional date or phone call, she didn't really get that mad. She just made him promise to make it up to her later. He thought he had won the girl lottery. 
What he didn't know was when he forgot to show up for call, she had already processed it with her friends before talking to him and had cooled down. So she wasn't blowing steam out of her ears when they finally talked. Now, when they moved in together, Chris kind of felt like he was baited and switched. His once sweet, even keeled girl felt like a ticking time bomb to him and he never knew what he was going to walk into. He felt like he was tricked and the girl who could calmly express her anger was replaced with this resentful woman. He felt under attack and threatened. Over the years, they addressed main issues that she would get upset about, like that he didn't clean, or at least not the way she wanted. And they got help care to help with the pressure of them both pursuing their dreams at a rapid, pra- at a rapid pace. Putting these supports in place took the pressure off of them, and they fell back into step in their easy balance. Sure, they would have an occasional blow up about, about things, Erica typically raising her voice and pointing out what she thought Chris had done wrong. And Chris would put his headphones on, tune her out, or leave the room, scroll on his phone, or just watch TV. They would go through a low, and eventually they would restabilize. Now, with COVID, stuck at home, no help at all, their problems were exacerbated. Erica's carefully planned and organized work schedule was shook. Her demands at work tripled, and she wanted to have the highest standard of education for her kids. She would wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning, make breakfast for her kids by 7, do the school thing with them from 8 till 12, and then attempt to make some phone calls from 12 to 6 and get some work done when it was time to make dinner. Exhausted after putting the kids to bed by 8.30, she would work again till 10, do a couple chores, running around the house like a chicken with her head cut off just to keep the house somewhat clean, and would fall asleep thinking about what a pig pen her house was. She awoke each morning horrified with the state of their home, but just got to work, knowing she had things urgently that needed her attention. Chris felt exhausted, in a tailspin just watching Erica. He agreed they needed to work, school the children, cook for them. He agreed to be their teacher from noon till six each day and make them lunch. The way he saw it was he didn't need to teach them 100% of the time. He could use tools like an iPad or games and sometimes just let them play. He noticed the house was getting messy. He would tidy it and never even crossed his mind the house was dirty. After all, when he lived on his own, he never cleaned the bathroom once in the whole five years he lived in his previous apartment. It was still functional when it was dirty, after all. He was really good at doing the dishes because he noticed like if the dishes were on the counter, it got in the way of the counter space and it wasn't functional. His relationship with cleaning was do it if it needs doing so the space can be functional. It's easy to see as we look at the differences between Erica and Chris what some of their fights might be about. Places where they're going to have perpetual problems. Now, the Gottmans define a perpetual problem as a problem that it's experienced because of the couple's differences in personalities. They highlight that all couples have perpetual problems. And I'm betting for Erica and Chris, house cleaning is a perpetual problem because they see it so different. So let's get to the why your partner tunes out of conversations and how to keep them engaged. So Erica, and rightfully so, wanted Chris to help with the housework. She started getting these thoughts as she was cleaning at night after putting the kids to bed, exhausted, that he was lazy and inconsiderate. She couldn't believe that he would just sit there watching his phone, reading the news, watching TV as she rushed around cleaning the house. He would invite her to sit on the couch and watch a show with him. And what started with her saying, can't, gotta clean, with the passing of time, turned into her shooting daggers from her eyes as the weeks went on, and he didn't help. 
One night, he asked her to come watch a show, and with heat rushing through her body as she narrowed her eyes and clenched her jaw, she bit out, you're so inconsiderate, inconsiderate, you don't help with anything. Why? Why would I want to watch a TV show with you? You're a lazy slob. Relief, rough, relief rushed over her body as she finally said what had been on her mind for months. She stepped towards him and in a clipped tone said, come help me, then I'll watch a show with you. Chris turned on the show, hooked up his noise-canceling headphones, and watched the show. Didn't help. The next thing Erica knew, she was standing in front of him, plucking the headphones off his head. Chris abruptly stood up, turned, grabbed his hoodie, and stormed out the front door. So what did Erica want? Help with the housework? Was she allowed to be mad? Yeah, absolutely. Can she express her displeasure? Yeah, for sure she can. It's in the how, yes, the how, she expresses her displeasure that will likely determine if Chris is going to stay or Chris is going to go. Now imagine for a second, if you're Chris, what do you think he wants? He wants to sit with his wife, who he loves, and watch a show. But all of a sudden to him, he's being yelled at, accused, criticized. Contemplate that for a second. If you are being yelled at or criticized, accused, how do you feel? What happens in your physical body? Now, I'm a crier, so if I'm yelled at or even accused or criticized, you don't have to yell at me. My eyes will start welling with tears. I might even start to shake or emotionally shut down or disengage. Basically, I'm going to try to get away from the threat while simultaneously feeling under attack, hurt, scared, and angry. A normal reaction to criticism, especially laced with a raised voice, or an accusation especially laced with a raised voice is the reaction to defend yourself or withdraw because our nervous system gets activated. We are hardwired to fight or flee. And it appears for him reaction to the raised tone, accusation and criticism, his hardwired response is flee. Now, the funny thing is you actually can't really change that hardwired response without substantial training. Now think of what like Navy SEAL training is like to learn to face danger against your hardwired responses. They get a lot of training. Now, not every partner is tuned out because of an activated nervous system or in the flea state, but more often than not, eh, just check to see. It could be a likely cause. Certainly, there are some people that don't feel under threat. They just behave that way. They're a bit more withdrawn, a bit more of a disengaged person. And even if that's them, there are some ways, some things we can think about to figure out How can we stay in a difficult conversation and get our partner to stay? So the answers are simple in concept, but difficult in practice. For Erica to think about what she could do to keep Chris engaged, she has to think about what makes it safe to stay in the disagreement. Yeah, safe to stay. So here are the three things. So the first thing Erica needs to think about is committing herself to being emotionally safe. While it might feel unfair to her that she is angry and she's frustrated about the housework and she's parenting and she's working, she has so much on the go and Chris is watching a TV show. If she can make it safe, she's going to get more of her needs met because then he can be there. He can engage with her. He can hear her. But this requires an attitude shift on her part. She needs to value monitoring her approach more than 
immediate relief of her angry pressure. If she can value monitoring herself and generally being neutral when expressing her displeasure, if not even inviting, she's going to lead to keeping him more engaged. The next thing is to state your needs. Don't point out what your partner is doing wrong. Yeah, say what you need. When most of us want help, we attack and assume our partner can read our minds. We feel like it cheapens it if we have to ask. This is another choice for us to make. You can choose to be right, or you can choose to have your needs met. The marriage masters teach us that mastering marriage means sometimes you need to ask for what you need, even when you think your partner should just know. The third thing is Erica could explain her anger in a softer way. Yes, she can express her displeasure. She's allowed to be mad. Being mad is okay. It's how do you express it? So again, the criticism, the raised voice, the accusation is something that's going to probably leave Chris reeling and not ready to engage. But if she can soften it and be polite, she is much more likely to have him actually stay engaged. I love the format. I feel about what and I need. So she could say, hey, I feel angry. I need help cleaning the house. If you would like me to watch a show with you, I need your help for 20 minutes every night. Or she could say, I feel like you don't even care about me. From my view, you can see how hard I'm working and I'm not getting help. For me to watch a show with you at night, I need us to book time so I can discuss how you can help me out so I don't feel so angry. Now, I had a little edge to my voice when I said those things. You could even take it another step. You could be playful. You could be funny. She could walk over and nuzzle her face into his face and growl. (laughs) Yeah, this is a little weird, I know. But think of like, what would you do if you're being cute, playful, at ease with your partner? She'd go, gosh, sweetheart, using a term of endearment, I love you, but you drive me nuts. Sweetheart, I'm feeling really angry. I'm running around cleaning the house. I feel like a chicken with my head cut off. And I just, I feel like you're not helping. I need your help. Can you please help me? Because if you help me, we can sit down together and watch the show and then we can snuggle. Now just think of those options. What would your partner respond best to? Remembering the key here is to make it safe to have the hard conversation. Make it safe for them to engage with you. Make it safe to stay. So these steps are simple in concept, hard in practice. But if your goal is for your partner to stay engaged, think about your role. Yes, of course, certainly there are things your partner can do to work on their part and practice staying. But hey, this episode is about you and the ways you can keep your partner engaged. So the three things we talk about in this episode are, one, your own commitment to yourself to keeping things emotionally safe. Two, asking for what you need. And three, explain your feelings in a softer way. Thank you for tuning in to Relationship Psych, the podcast put on by Ember Relationship Psychology. If you're looking for more free relationship help or advice that comes straight from the couple's therapy room, check out the free resources and the blog at www.emberrelationshippsychology.com.